and welcome to episode 4 of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. My name is Sam Watson, I'm an 18 year old entrepreneur from North London and on today's show we're talking to Harry Porch, the founder of HM Staffing and the Thames Valley Young Entrepreneur of the Year. We're talking about how Harry started his business at age 20 from his dining room table, the mistakes he's made, the risks he took, what paid off, what didn't, and advice he has for young entrepreneurs like you. But most importantly, we put an end to the doors or wheels debate. I hope you enjoy. Harry, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm good, mate. How are you? How's just... Oh, we've got a new standard there. How are you anyway? You good? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so we were speaking off air about HM Staffing, which you're the founder of. Um, tell us more about what what HM Staffing does and, and how it works. Yeah, no, of course. So we are a recruitment agency. Um, it never sounds that fancy when you say recruitment agency because there's, there's so many of them in the UK. Um, but we're about three years and four months old now. Um, I set the business up when I was 20 on my dining room table. Uh, we're now a team of 10 with two offices in Reading and Manchester. Um, so the main kind of roles we recruit, are, you know, sales, marketing, HR uh, and back office. But we, we've done it for some of like the big telecom companies, huge cybersecurity companies, big retail giants, um, professional athletes. It's kind of such a mix really of what of who we do it for but they're the main areas we we do we do a lot of cv workshops as well we go into local schools and try give back um we've actually done them out in uganda and kenya as well um so we've managed to get out pretty far um especially in covid uh we were just doing them virtually but yeah that's a bit about hm staffing i was like i said i was 20 when i set it up so i'm the youngest person in the uk to set up a recruitment agency which is a uh, quite a cool title that i've been going to hold on to for the rest of my life to be honest <laughs> that's actually really cool you, you mentioned just starting at age 20 your dining table I can relate uh, you know working at my desk working for wing which I've spoken about on other podcasts um, what what was it like starting HM staffing at age 20 uh, it was it was it was interesting definitely it was quite scary at, at some times I, I think I was quite lucky I was at a dilemma really of okay a bit of a crossroads like, what, what am I going to do do I go work for another agency do I set off on my own um, and then I was out of my restrictions with the last agency I was at so I could contact people and I wasn't working for them anymore um, and then my personal phone rang basically one of the clients said they tried to call up the office um, they couldn't get hold of me they said that I'd left um, she still had my number so she called me and she was like I need you to fill these roles for me so I was like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. And they were just like, well, you're setting up a company right now and doing it. So I was like, right, okay, let's do this. I worked it out that it would cover my salary and costs just from that account alone. Um, so it kind of just got thrown into it, really. It wasn't something that I was planning and sort of sat down and was doing business plans with. I just kind of got thrown in the deep end with it. And it was a bit of a sink or swim moment, really. And one client came in, we started doing work with them. They told a friend and then we had another new client come in. So I wasn't even sat there doing a lot of business development. Um, a lot of it was coming inbound and it was there was no overheads. It was just me, a job board. I already had my laptop and everything like that. Um, so it was kind of a weird, crazy experience. You know, a lot of people judge the age side of things. Uh, used to, I used to get quite a few comments being like, oh, you're just a baby. What do you know? And stuff like that. Um, but a lot of it's just jealousy. You have to think a lot of people that make those comments, they think about what they were doing at your age and it might have been at uni or they might have just been a trainee somewhere. Um, so a lot of those comments just stem from jealousy, really. But it was it was, it was was interesting. It's still a massive learning curve now. Like I'm 23 now, I actually turn 24 tomorrow. Um, and it's just, there's not been a day where I haven't learned something or looked back at something and thought, why did I do that? Or if I'd known what I know now, I wouldn't be wouldn't have made that mistake or I wouldn't have hired that person for example 
you touched on age there and like that's something I relate to as well like being quite young I went to a networking event recently and everyone was like 35 ish and I was there 18 in my school uniform um and yeah the attention I got was kind of weird and you know strange looks um but obviously have you have you hired people who are younger uh, who are older than you sorry yeah yeah so um that, that's that's an interesting one so I uh, the people that so right now the stuff I'm I'm banging in the middle of the age um if anything I'm slightly towards the younger end uh, but we've had people that are sort of over 40s that work here um we've had like a real real big mix and it, at the start it was challenging um I, I can't I can't lie about it I think it got to my head a little bit at the start um but also I think we might have had people in that probably didn't take take it too well being like not told what to do as such. We've never never been like a dictator as such in in here, but being asked what to do or being taught by someone that is considerably younger than them, it, it does sometimes they people take it as it's patronizing, but it's not at all. Um so some people struggle with it, which makes it hard to do. Um, but most people like now, I don't really have that issue. People have seen what I've, what I've done and, and what, we, what we've done as a business. They normally have a bit of respect when they come through and they actually just want to learn. But sometimes you do have people have a big issue with, with being an age. Like you just said about the networking thing. Now I go to a networking group every Friday. Um, I'm the youngest person in that room. I was the youngest person in that room by like 15 years, but a couple of young people, younger people have joined now. I'm, I'm still the youngest. Um, but I get a few comments about age and I just laugh it off now. It's it's one of those things I'd have loved to have gone in my school uniform when I was 18. I think it would have been hysterical. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is interesting. It's like, you know, actually, I, I made some good connections that night. I think it's actually, if I could give just a tip to young people listening, I think it would be like, get started at these events. You know, they're really valuable. Um, on my last podcast, Marco was talking about your network being your net worth. And I think I think that's really true. Um, so you spoke at an event recently, um, about, um, qualities that successful entrepreneurs have. Um, I'm interested to know what you think those qualities are. Um, what one, it would be relentlessness. So you have to be relentless. Um, if not, then you just not like, you'll take the setbacks. You're, you're going to take some setbacks. You're going to take some losses, but if you're going to be really relentless, then you're just going to push straight through them. Um, one as well is, is accountability. This one has to hold, be accountable for what they do, what they say. Uh, the worst kind of people I think are people that say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then never do it. Um, if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, you're going to need to be accountable, especially being young, because people are going to have that stigma of, oh, they're probably not going to do it anyway. I think you need to be ambitious as well. Like, don't underestimate what you can achieve. I think a lot of people when they start, especially young people when they start a business, they just think, oh, okay, well, I can, I can do that. And it's like, why wouldn't you just aim for the very, very, very top? Because if you're not going to get there and you get halfway there, well, you're still going to do a lot better than what you thought and expected. Um, so yeah, they're, they're my main three. The relentlessness one is what I think is, is the main one. Um, it's what's going to keep you going as well. So one of the things I do is make sure I take away lessons from everything I do. Um, and I think that's a really good way to grow um, as a person. Um, and also for business, like making mistakes, I think is kind of important. Are there any lessons you've learned and kind of mistakes you've made along the process um, to, you know, kind of get you where you are today? Uh, there's, there's hundreds I'd say. Um, but I, I even look back at things that I did at school. 
and think like, what, what, what was I doing? Why did I do that? I remember when I was in year 10, although I really shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But so loads of year nines are really annoying me one day. And I decided thinking that I was smart by like taking the hinges off their lockers. When the doors opened, <laughs> they just fell off. And I, I actually got, I actually got caught doing it on the last locker when I put it back. But the, the head teacher was just there staring at me. And I'm like, I look back at that and I think, what, like, what were you doing? And I mean, it is quite funny, right? Like, that is I very still, funny, yeah they did deserve it right as well like, I, I still <laughs> to this day i still think they deserved it um but yeah there's there's a lot of things that i look back on and it's just like positioning myself in certain ways or acting in certain ways i think you it's very hard to not let emotions get in the way of things right i think this is one thing that's so so important everyone says oh you know it's not personal it's business and i, I get told it every single day but i'm there like well it is personal right because it, it's my business it's my name here you're saying it to me that makes it personal um but just i just get drawn into things just like people trying to bring you down and he'll just say say things and i just now like shrug it off but i look back and i'd always argue it and i just think what's the point you just wasted so much time so much energy just getting involved in that and just getting involved in the drama and worrying about other people and focusing on other people. And it's just like, just focus on yourself. Um, and obviously your team, if, if you've got a team, but looking at, like looking at competitors too much, like what are they doing? Are they doing that? I must be doing that. Or why would I want to try to be like them? If, if someone wanted to use an agency like, like that, they'd be using them already. Um, I think that's a big thing as well. Just try to be, try to be ourselves. We really used to try to be so corporate as well. We'd always be in suits and um, our, all our marketing was really corporate. Now, you know, I, I don't wear suits. Um, I've got an awards due next month and I'm already asking the guy because I won an award in lockdown and I refused to wear a suit sat in my lounge because the, the, the awards were on Zoom. So I was there, <laughs> suit, jacket, tie, shirt, shorts, white socks, sliders. And I said to him, I was like, oh, can I come like that to this awards? And he was like, well, I don't really think, you know, that'd be that suitable. I was like, oh, okay, why not? But yeah, we, we, we're not corporate at all. We, even our language with our clients, it's not corporate. We take everyone out for beers, like client that is, not not candidates. Um, just because we do have to keep some professionalism, especially with with candidates. But like, no one wears suits. Like, most people are wearing track suits today in the office. I'm wearing like cargos and a t-shirt and Jordans. Like it's really not corporate. And we now attract the clients that we'd want to work with that are similar to us because we've dropped that act today we we just took a new client that run festivals and it's like they've got a, a festival in reading soon it's gonna be like fifteen thousand people um and they're all they're like yeah come down to that we'll, we'll have some drinks as well with you and it's like they're the kind of clients we want so if we act how we actually are then we'll attract them yeah for sure you kind of spoke about like some fun parts of being about being an entrepreneur what what are your favorite parts about running your own business um that's a tricky question what one thing i like, i used to hate doing payroll this was a big thing i used to hate doing payroll especially when you have like more than five staff and you you see the pay the slips the pay slips and what you've got to pay someone and stuff like that and you see the money going out of the account i used to hate that day but now i actually quite like it so we do the commission here is monthly and like see like paying i think we pay someone got paid like 1600 pounds in commission and I know it was their biggest commission month. So then we've done that. And then I've called them straight away. And I was like, have you seen your bank and stuff like that? And like hearing how excited they are, that gives me a lot of satisfaction. Um, candidates as well, getting someone their dream job that we got someone a 70 grand pay rise the other week. Like that's, that's crazy. Um, they were on, they're on 30 K and then they went to hundred K. 
um, basic. So hearing stuff like that, that that's great. But I mean, you you do get the flexibility, right? When you're when you're an entrepreneur, like you do put the hours in. But I used to work silly, silly hours. Now I can not work as much. Like I can take time off to spend with my family. Um, so it is that kind of lifestyle, really. But also the entrepreneur community is great. Like you, you never, you wouldn't really think it, but if you put yourself in the right positions and talk about the right things on like LinkedIn about like on being a young entrepreneur, then now I'm connected with loads of them and like we all meet up and we're always talking. We've got each other on Instagram, always like laughing at each other, just doing silly things, really. Like someone put a story up and everyone's roasting them about it and like the whole community. So I think it's, it's quite fun as well. You know, you put yourself in a position of, of power, of influence, I guess you could say, um, which is, it has responsibilities, right? Like we, we go to local colleges and that's another thing that I really like doing is just giving back by going to those kind of events, doing CV workshops, doing talks. Um, but you do have to be careful what you do because I remember we had a talk at um, Henley College, which is my local my local college. And one of my entrepreneur friends was supposed to come and he'd put some, some fun, it was funny stuff on his, on his Instagram, but the students all found it. And because the students found it, the talk got canceled. I had to rearrange it but they were like oh can you just come in instead and I was thinking I can't I can't do that because I'd look like such a bad mate um if I still go to the talk so we had we had to rearrange it but you have to be a bit responsible for what you post um like the thing that I can't say what he did but it was it was funny like it was it was it was a joke um but yeah the some of the students found it and the teachers like oh no we'd get complaints from parents and and stuff like that um so it was it was a little bit of a nightmare but you have to, you have to be careful what you put out um especially like what you're doing now like podcasts and stuff like that for all you know you could get loads of traction become like the next Stephen Bartlett for example um and then you put one wrong thing on your Instagram and then it all goes all goes wrong look at someone like Molly May she's a prime example of it she did the whole 24 hours in a day didn't she and she got slated yeah I, I think um actually I mean now you mentioned that I'm interested to know what your opinion is on that I, I didn't I don't think she meant it how it came across. I think a lot of people I think there's a lot of jealousy behind a lot of the comments. Uh, don't get me wrong it it was a silly thing to say but you but she didn't mean it in the way that people made it out to be. I don't think anyway. Um, I saw Stephen Bartlett rock up to the Pretty Little Thing launch of Molly May's collection wearing a t-shirt that says you only get 24 hours in a day. Um, which was it was quite funny but I was thinking like you're just bringing it back up now. Um, but obviously it was on his podcast, so, you know, he probably is going to bring it back up. But I don't, I don't think she meant it. I think people have said a lot worse and got away with it. And I do also think if a guy said it, I don't think it would have been a big thing. I really don't. Um, like, so I'm just trying to think of an example of someone. Um, let's say if like a footballer said it, like Phil Foden came out and said that, or Jack Grealish, no one would care. But because it's Molly May and some people say, oh, Love Island helped her or this and there's a lot of jealous people, it then became such a bad thing. Yeah, I think I think actually it kind of leads me on nicely to my next question, which is about issues affecting young people. And, you know, we've touched on cancel culture about Molly May and stuff like that. Um, what are the issues, in your opinion, that affect young people in business? And have there been anything that, affect, that has affected you? Um, I think m- most people would, would probably say the expectations that are set from others. Right, so like you, who you, who you're comparing yourself to, a lot of people always look at other people's Instagrams. Like Forbes thirty under thirty is a prime example of this. Right, you look at people on that list. Reese Vabora is a prime example. You might compare yourself to him if you were just starting a clothing brand. 
Um, obviously, Mane de has been going a while now. Um, Reese Aubrey used to play for like Man City and, and everything like that. So he he's obviously going to have have a nice life. You know, he's worked very hard for it. But someone that's just starting up as a young entrepreneur, opening a clothes shop, probably shouldn't be comparing his life with someone like Reese Aubrey's because it's going to put you down. It's going to make you feel bad, right? So I feel that's what happens with a lot of people in this generation now. They're comparing themselves to people. Um, I always used to do this. I used to be there like Marcus Rashford is two months older than me. I could, I always used to think that, and I'd be like, "That's crazy!" Like what he's doing now compared to what I'm doing, and it's I think a big issue with with this generation of we just compare ourselves to people too much. It, it kind of needs to stop a little bit. It it puts a lot of pressure on people. Um, that's one thing about young entrepreneurs: there's a lot of pressure. There's a pressure you get from the older generation of, "Oh, they're just young. They don't know how to do this. They don't know how to do that," and you want to prove them wrong. It's a big thing. It was like, no, I'm going to prove this person wrong. I'm going to prove this person wrong. Um, and you get so caught up doing that and you lose focus and you think, what am I doing now? Like, I'm not actually focusing on my business, I'm not focusing on me. I'm focused on proving this one individual wrong that who are they? Like, they've, not, they've not really done anything to, to warrant me trying to prove them wrong or anything. So it's, it is tricky. There's a lot of pressure. Um, you, you see as well, like Instagram, um, like someone similar age, you might go finance a new car and you're instantly there like, oh, I need to have that as well. It's, it's not like that. Um, the likelihood is most people are financed uh, financing our age anyway. Um, so is it technically theirs or leasing a car? Or I know one person that rents like Euruses and then acts like they're his. And I'm there like, if someone's comparing themselves to that person, they're going to struggle and they're going to feel bad constantly, which is going to affect their mental health in the long run. Going back to like HM staffing, um, COVID obviously impacted most businesses, but also in terms of like the furlough scheme, and the impact of COVID, how, how did that affect recruitment? It, it was it was just done. No one wanted to recruit, really. Um, it was a bit of a shock. I remember being in the office when when it all got announced, and the team were kind of looking around, thinking like, "Well, what what now?" Like looking at me as as the leader, if anything, saying like, "Okay, what, what's happening?" And being at a point where you, I don't know. I just sit there and be like, "I have, I have no idea. I'm in the same position as you guys." Like. I've just found out about this. I don't know what, what to do, don't know what to expect. Um, we we had to furlough most of the team for our... Um, it got to a point where we could start bringing people back. Uh, we, we introduced doing video interviews just before COVID happened, actually. So a lot of it was like the newest tech on the market in recruitment. And some people were very unsure about it. And we were really, really promoting it. And we had some clients come on board just because they thought, oh, they can save me a lot of time. So I'm just going to watch a couple of clips of, in, of people interviewing. Um, so then when COVID happened, we could still recruit for our clients, but our clients just weren't recruiting. We were lucky to have some in the healthcare sector, but you know, we, we reduced fees just to cover admin costs at that time for healthcare. Um, because the private healthcare companies were then went to the NHS. Um, so for us to charge any kind of fee was just immoral in our opinion. It was just unethical. We would never have done it. Um, so they're just covering sort of admin fees and, and everything like that, um, which aren't even our fees. It was the umbrella companies that pay pay the temps, for example. Um, luckily, we started having more and more people start coming back to us. You know, I was out there the whole time. I was just going to networking events after networking events after networking events, just trying to build my network, constantly posting on LinkedIn, being in people's faces. So when they thought, right, I do need to recruit because, you know, we do a lot of work elsewhere or we're doing quite well that I was the first person they thought of. And we managed to do it and we took on quite a lot of new clients in that period of time. Um, 
which was we were really lucky. There was a lot of companies making redundancies left, right, and centre. We didn't have to make any, uh, which was which was nice to see. I saw a couple of companies you know, just making people redundant mid furlough. There was just no need for it, um, but they weren't paying the wages. Obviously, the government was funding it all and covering everything, but they were still they were still making redundancies, which was it was crazy to see because I'm there like right now that person. What what are they going to do? Um, I couldn't personally have done that to my team. We we paid everyone 100%. So we topped everyone's salary up the 20% because I didn't want to see anyone struggling or being out of pocket. So that was a decision we took as more like a duty of care. We saw it as um, after the first lockdown, the work that we were doing, the networking and being out there, we, we had loads of new clients. So we managed to hire as well. And then the second lockdown came and it was completely fine. Like we were in a position where we'd worked so hard that it didn't really affect us too much um which was quite nice um it was also really good for us as in that the second time where we'd worked so hard it was unfortunate because a lot of companies were having to make redundancies but where we brought on quite a lot of new clients we could we were in a position to be hiring so there was some really great talent available and we managed to get um a couple of senior consultant that i don't think she would have joined if it wasn't in that situation with a lot of other companies um, so it was, it was an interesting time. It was a lot of adapting. Um, you felt helpless, which was the, the big issue, especially when they announced it first. There was just nothing anyone could do about it. Um, and everyone's looking to you for, you know, for the next move, like what's happening now. And it was just weird, like packing up like your laptops, your desktops, your phones and stuff like that. And everyone is taking them home. Um, I've seen a lot of companies get caught out for abusing and misusing the furlough scheme um which i think is just terrible there was there was a recruitment agency in the news for it and they had like everyone on zoom and the, the director was like obviously you're not supposed to be working and like was using her like two fingers to do like the commas and everything like that quotations even and was like but we still expect you to do and then listed all their duties and they got fined hundreds of thousands and they've actually shut down now um so i think anyone that did really misuse it i, I really hope that, that this happens to all of them uh, because you had some people that really needed it and then just had some people just completely taking advantage of of that situation which is just it's just terrible but it was it was a scary moment you know i've never felt so hopeless and just i can't do anything everyone's looking for you for well, what's the next move what we're we supposed to do and you just couldn't, couldn't say anything really yeah for sure i think um yeah that's i didn't know about that but that is that's appalling um so I wanted to congratulate you. You've been shortlisted for Young Entrepreneur of the Year by the Great British Business Award, which is awesome. Um, hope you win it. Um, what sort of qualities do you have as a person that you think, you know, kind of helped you get shortlisted for this award? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Uh, so I won, I won the award last year. That was what I said about earlier. So I won the, the regional one. And this year, this year it's a national one. I feel like I have the home advantage um, I looked at most of the other shortlisted people and they were coming from loads of different places and the awards are actually in Reading. So I'm there like, it was between me and this other guy, we're, we're both from Reading and I was like, look, if I don't win it, I really hope it's this guy. I, I just want it to stay in, in, in Reading really. But um, I don't know, I, I'm quite laid back really. Uh, you might have known that from that chat we had before. Um, I just try to just have a laugh with everyone. Um, it normally works. People then just feel like they get along with us. They want to work with us. They want to be around us. Um, we don't take things too serious. We we try to be as fair as possible as well um, with like um, with our contracts and stuff like that. I think if I had one wish um, about like business, it would be like so I'd never have to read a contract again. I can't stand them. It's the worst thing getting sent like a fifty page contract. Um, but I think 
it's the accountability, like I said earlier. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it, uh, which people people do like. Um, the fact that I'm quite laid back and just want to have a laugh. Um, obviously, you have to be serious at some points, but building relationships is so important. And if you can have a laugh with someone and get along with someone, then you're going to want to spend time with them and build that relationship where if someone's a bit dull, a bit boring, you're not really going to want to spend time with them, which is going to be hard to build that relationship. Um, I, sh- I just be myself, really. Um, I don't th- take things too serious. I don't think of myself too highly. Um, so it's just have, have fun with people and then people nominate you then people support you um, giving back is the other thing as well I, I, we always do it here like I said local schools we did a CV workshop in, in Kenya uh, we've done them in person in Uganda which is really fun Kenya one was, was over Zoom which was interesting um, the Uganda one the windows were all shut it was about 39 degrees or something silly there was a goat outside just making noise the whole time there was about 40 wow. people crammed into like this tiny little room um and then it was just i was like dripping in sweat it was the most horrible experience they were like the person that organized it was like oh no you can't wear shorts you have to wear trousers and i was like what so i'm there in jeans and like a shirt and i'm like i actually feel like i'm dying i thought i was gonna faint about 10 times um but we, we give back a lot um and i do think the awards companies they do they do like that um if we're not this company that just constantly going out just spending it on ourselves like if we can give back we do um i think i think that helps massively right because you're trying to help the next generation so you've obviously heard about the doors versus wheels debate i'm definitely team wheels i just want to know where you stand a bit unrelated to business but i just want to know what your standpoint is wheels 100 percent. i had a big argument with my mate on instagram last night about it because he was saying oh well what about skyscrapers i was like what do you mean about skyscrapers and he was like they have loads of doors i was like they also have loads of chairs i was yeah, like so how are you yeah. yeah and the office drawers i look at my office drawers right now they've got two wheels in it per you know per door so you look at that yeah. buses lorries yeah lego Lego wheels, yeah. they count. Hot wheels. Hot wheels. Um, Heelys. Oh, yeah. Remember the shoes with the wheel in it? Oh, I see like rollerblades. And then the one that I saw on Instagram the other day, and I was like, wow, that's thrown it off. Wagon wheels. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Well, like, that's what I said. I was like, does that count? Like, it is a wheel, right? Like, that's what that's what they're saying about it. And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, it's been like we were arguing about it in the office earlier. Like, we're most of us are wheels, except one person that's doors, and I'm just there like you're just trying to be different. Like yeah. you don't think that. Like they were like, well, let's count it in this office right now, and they were like going through all the drawers, and they're like, well, there's three doors per drawer, and I was like, that's all right. There's seven wheels per chair. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, even the the um the drawers have four wheels on them. I was like, so the doors are already lost compared to wheels on the on the chest of drawers and stuff like that i was like it's just like because people are saying okay well cars have five doors because you can't the count the boot and i'm like yeah most cars have spare tires what about the cars with three doors or two doors because a lot of the convertibles you're not really classing that as a door right and then some people are stupid they're saying advent calendars i'm like what you can't count that as a door like that's not that's not happening that's a window of anything um yeah. but yeah no i'm 100 percent team wheels i like i i will argue it to the death with anyone that says doors me too you know i don't think that's the most controversial i think molly may was semi-controversial but i definitely think this is the most controversial thing we've talked about i, um, I saw it on like the crystal palace tiktok as well and like it is <laughs> it is it is everywhere and they're like they're all like yeah. conor gallagher's there like proper thinking about it and he's like i, I don't know it's basically like lorries, like you, you think of it like that, and then people start throwing like silly ones out. They're like Heelys, like let's be real, yeah. it counts as a wheel, but 
are we really counting that? Yeah, actually, to bring you back to business, I think that's a very good interview question um, to ask someone. Um, I've been into an interview where they asked me how many planes land and take off at Heathrow every year, which is a very difficult question to answer. And I think, it, you know, this wheels versus doors thing would be a good thing to ask someone to kind of get a look into their mind. Um, yeah, well, a, a common one as well for interviews. This was, this was, I put it on, a, I was talking about interview questions on LinkedIn. And um, someone said, I once got asked how many hairdressers are needed in the UK. And I was like, what a stupid question to ask. And then someone replied saying, it's not actually a stupid question because it's testing common sense. And I was thinking, brilliant. There we That's go. true. Yeah. There we go. And he was like, because what you've got to do is you've got to think. He was like, right, so the UK population's this. You know, how many people that? And like, I wish I could get it up. It would take me ages to find it. But he explained it all out and then like put a number. And I was like, that is ridiculous. But obviously you'd need to know the population numbers. Um, so we got asking in interviews, we ask people like what their go-to karaoke song is and like just questions like that, because you get such, um, you get such an understanding of their personality, but if you yeah, did the wheels and yeah. doors one, you'd get an understanding of understanding of how they put the point across. And if they need to get into an argument, what they're like, because you people get really hurt by this conversation, don't they? Like my mate was just, <laughs> he was going on and going on and on and on. I just stopped replying. And like he sent me like four messages after going, what, can't hack it? What, you know you've lost? And they're like, what do you mean you know I've lost? It's not, lost what? Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it, I don't think anyone's ever going to solve this debate, but I'm 100% team wheels. I think my, my last question is just one piece of advice you'd have for a young entrepreneur. I ask this to all the guests who come on. If you had that one bit of advice, what would it be? Just Just go for it don't don't wait till the right moment don't do any of that um obviously there's an element of it like make sure you have got some experience and you know and you know what you're doing to a certain degree but i had no idea what i was doing when i started you know i had 18 months recruitment experience but i looked it up and i was thinking i don't pay like i don't i'm not got any finance on my car I, I still live at home i still all these i mean i still live at home now i'm never at home like why would i have moved out um and I was thinking, I don't really have any overheads. I've got my phone bill. I was thinking, but that's not that much. And the business will be able to cover that if I do this. And I was just like, do you know, what? I'm just going to go for it. And if I wouldn't have gone for it and just took the plant, just was just like diving into the unknown, really, I'd be stuck working for someone else. I probably wouldn't be enjoying it. I just wouldn't be having as much fun as well. Um, all just from thinking, do you know what? Like, let's just give this a go. What I think, what happens if it didn't work? okay, I'd probably be a little bit embarrassed that it didn't work. But if someone ever said to me, oh, you set up a business and it didn't work, I'd be there like, I don't, I don't know what, was that supposed to be like an insult or something? Like, that's not a bad thing. It's it, Sometimes that happens. Um, but the experience that you'll get from it is you won't get from anywhere else as well. And, and what happens if it does work? What happens if you're the next Amazon, for example, and you turn into like a Jeff Bezos kind of, kind of wealth for example you you never know what's going to happen unless you do it um and i think being young it's such a good time to do it because there aren't any expectations whereas if you set a business up when you're 35 for example and you've been in the industry for 15 years there's going to be some expectations there straight away for you to be doing some big numbers but where you're young people they don't expect you to fail but there's no expectations there's no heavy ones and you can surprise a lot of people and people do support it they love it like there's so many of my clients that love working with us because they say, oh, we're refreshing and everything like that because we're young. And I think you just need to go for it um, because especially when you get older, you get more responsibilities, right? So say you, you get to 26, 27, you still haven't, still haven't done it. You say, oh, it's just not the right time. And then you're with a partner and they become pregnant. Okay, well, now you've got a baby. 
So you've now got people that actually depend on you and your overheads are going up. So when's going to be the right time now? Oh, the right time probably going to be when they're a bit older once they've grown up. So I've got a bit more time. Okay, fine. That's another five years. What happens if you had another baby, for example, you bought a house now, you've got a mortgage. And the problem is now you've got a lot of outgoings. You've got a lot of people that look up to you and you're responsible for. Whereas when you're you know, 20, 21, 22, 23, you can probably, most people can get away with keeping their overheads really low. So what's the risk? What, a bit of embarrassment? That's it. Yeah, completely. I completely, I, I decided to do this podcast and I recorded two episodes the next day. Um, and I did my branding that night and I decided what I wanted to do, what I wanted to call it. I literally started it in a day. Um, I just thought I could, I could start a podcast and then I was like, right, I'm just going to do it. Um, I'm not going to wait. You know, I get a, st- a bit of stick from my friends, um, you know, but that's, uh, that's, that's what you expect really. A lot of it will be jealousy. You wait to you wait for it. And obviously, we're recording this now before the, before the first episode comes out. They'll be supportive when it comes out, right? Like all your mates, like my mates did it as well. They're, they're like, oh, you think you're cool. You've bought yourself a microphone. Ha ha ha. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, is that is that what it's come to now? I'm sat in a pub with you and you're taking like, trying to like mock me for buying a microphone and having a podcast. And I was like, right, okay, you're cool. Um, that be, people are like that, right? They'll they'll be supportive, mo- most people anyway, and they'll they'll get behind it and they'll actually be, they'll think, oh, do you know what? That's actually quite cool. That's quite cool, like what you're doing. You're, you're speaking to people that you know have done stuff and and having valuable conversations that you you probably learn quite a bit from as well it's what happened with me i learned quite a lot from it and you end up just like me it's like really good mates for life off it as well it's a really weird experience but you just just go for it all right harry i think that's everything for today thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast it's been great it's been super interesting uh, i'm glad your team wheels like me um thank you as well to you guys for listening from home uh, it really means a lot. Um, just an update on the podcast. We've been listened to in six different countries now since our launch uh, a week ago now, which is amazing. Join us next week for an episode with Louis Bollard, who's the founder of a company called Hostafan. Uh, I won't say too much now, but make sure to check that out when it comes out next week. Uh, but it's going to be fantastic. Um, so make sure to listen in and I hope to see you then. Also, make sure to um, check out our socials. We're at Enterprising Gen Z Pod uh, on Instagram and we've also got LinkedIn. Uh, so make sure to give us a follow there. Um, if you could leave us a five star review, if you're listening on Spotify or a written review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us attract an audience. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Um, that's all from me this week. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week with episode five. Um, we'll see you there.